Welcome, welcome, welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of SEC Talks. This is your co-host Jackson here with Caden, and unfortunately, I don't have the opportunity to tell y'all about a fantastic game played last night by any means, because if you ask me, it sucked. UConn completely (laughs) blew San Diego State out of the water, which I could have expected. Personally, I I would have rather seen Florida Atlantic up there. I think they could have played a much better game against UConn uh, than San Diego State ever did. But, um, I mean, I can't say I exactly had a hat in the ring. I mean, I kind of wanted to see UConn win just because of the bandwagon. But, um, I don't know, wanted to start off with that. Uh, Caden, what did you think about last night? Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I did not watch that game because I'm an old soul and I went to bed because that game started late. And it really did not interest me at all. You didn't um, miss my dad and thing. My dad and I kind of talked about it last week that really none of the four teams in that were remaining in the Final Four were like worth a watch type teams you know i mean i mean i think the miami yukon game was interesting i watched the florida atlantic game which irritated me because i think florida atlantic obviously should have won that it was on a buzzer beater great yeah that was crazy um but i think florida atlantic would have performed so much better against yukon they just had more heart and soul into it all i think um i don't know i was really pulling for them plus like i mean this is my point of view, but I think – I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but we played terribly against Florida Atlantic, and I only gained respect for them in that sense of, like, y'all beat us, clean cut, I want you to win. You know, that was kind of my mentality behind it all. So I really wanted to see them uh, take it home if possible, or at least make it to the final game, you know. I think they definitely deserve to be there. Yeah, and you know what? I definitely hear what you're saying about FAU because they – I'll, there's some deferring opinions about this because, you know, people are saying they are a Cinderella. Some people are saying they're not a Cinderella um, because they're not a double-digit seed. But either way, I think cheering for a nine seed in the Final Four is just fun. Yeah. But UConn had one of the most dominant tournaments that I've seen in a while. Well, I mean, they they I mean, earned they earned it and they deserved it. Uh, don't get me wrong; I think they played very fair, uh, clean games. Um, I mean, look, their game against uh, Miami, they barely had any fouls. At least that were noticed. I, I can't look, say that was refs' fault by any means, but they won their first game by twenty four against Iona. Their second game by fifteen against St. Mary's. The third game by 23 against Arkansas. The fourth game by 18 against Gonzaga. The fifth game by 13 against Miami. And then the championship by 17. I mean, they didn't exactly have an easy track. Easy Not route. at all. Like, they had – they played I mean, their four seed. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have to play a one seed. But I will still – say this, I still believe Arkansas was a better and more talented team than Kansas. Arkansas was just beat up. Um, yeah, they, Arkansas was just beat up all year. Yeah. So, and then they still had to play Gonzaga. And then, I mean, you know, there's no easy road to a championship, especially winning six games in a row. 
And that's hard in the regular season, let alone the tournament. Yeah. I mean, they, they proved themselves. Um, I think it was a fair um, win. It's a fair title, especially to them. Uh, I just simply wish it could have been a better game with another team up there, like FAU. But um, I don't know if that's just – that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very valid opinion. And I, I wanted FAU to be there. I wanted FAU to win it. Yeah. But UConn was the only team in the Final Four who had previously won a championship. Yeah. So it would have been nice to see somebody else get one for the first time. But, you know, it's also good to see UConn be back on top since they haven't been since the Kimball Walker days, the Shabazz Napier days. So, You know, I saw UConn uh, women's team win the championship in person in Nashville, and I think I think it was 2014. I could be wrong. But um, I was at that Final Four and championship game back when it was being played in Nashville, uh, man, almost 10 years ago maybe. Yeah, they UConn women have had an, an amazing run. I mean, they – this was the – I don't know if you saw the stat, but this was like the first Elite Eight in like – 20-plus years or something that UConn and Tennessee were not in in women. Like those, that's wild. Those are like the two powerhouses in women's basketball, which that's another thing. I feel like we should touch on that. LSU winning the title in women's basketball. Congrats to them. Yeah, for real. Uh, Caitlin Clark got the women's player of the year. As she should. Yeah. You know, I, I don't understand. Why is everybody making a big deal out of Angel Reese, like, doing the you can't see me thing to Caitlin Clark? Honestly, I if you I, – I don't really care, I think. I mean, I Caitlin either. Clark was doing it. I mean – That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't – I don't get why people are blowing it out of proportion. Like, I also feel like – It's because of LSU's track record, I think. I mean, they're a rowdy – they have a rowdy fan base. They have – you know, I guess the more rowdy sports teams overall. So I think it's just the track record. You know, it's okay for UConn to do it because they're they're not UConn's not known to be have a rowdy fan base. They're not they don't have sportsmanship issues per se. But when you see an SEC team do it, you know, all heck breaks loose essentially. So I think that's the way I see it. Um, well, I don't listen, know I mean, they're athletes. Do you think they would people would be the media? It's really the media. I don't think the oh, it's one hundred ten percent the media um, feeling at all. Like I saw right after the women's game, ESPN, SEC Network, all these big pages were posting that clip of her doing that, of Angel doing the can't, you can't see me motion. I'm like, you're just feeling a fire that probably doesn't need to be started. So, I think we can definitely thank the media for delivering that to. Uh, their followers on a golden platter. Do you think, no, this is just a hypothetical. And I saw this brought up on, in the media. Do you think they're just blowing it out of proportion because it's women's basketball? You know, I don't feel like if, if somebody did that in men's basketball, like nobody would care. You make a very fair and valid point, And I would have to agree with you on that. I mean, let's just be real here. Women's basketball 
they don't have the following that men's basketball does. You know, that there, it, there's really no comparison in the following base. I mean, people yeah. obviously watch it. People obviously enjoy it. I'm not hating on it. It's just it doesn't have the follower base. And they're probably trying to get their media season opportunity for money in women's basketball. They're going to take it. They're, Which, they have to peel it up to get people to watch it. I'm hoping that it grows more popularity. Because I don't know if you saw, but this championship between Iowa and LSU was the most watched championship game in women's basketball ever. It had like 9.9 million viewers. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. And, you know, there's not – there's the whole thing, and this is a conversation for another day, about the pay differences in men's and women's sports. That's not really something to get into. Um, but like you said, it goes back to how much money is being brought into the sport. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, you have women staying in college – to play basketball because they're going to get paid more from NIL deals than they will in the WNBA. Yeah. I mean, that would never happen in men's. I mean, you had Tennessee star player, Rakia Jackson. I mean, she's staying at Tennessee for another year and she was projected top five pick just because the, the value is not there in the WNBA that it is in the NBA. And that has nothing to do with, they just want to pay men more. It's just the NBA brings in more money to be able to pay out the players. I mean, let's you know? just be real. Have you ever heard anyone like I'm not saying I'm not saying this in rude fashion. It's just a point to be made up. Have you ever heard anyone say, "Do you want to go watch a WNBA game?" At this point, like, does anyone ever yeah. ask you that? Have you ever asked anyone that? Like, no, oh no, no. But I mean, there's just I've never met. I've never met anybody who actually enjoyed watching WNBA. I can't even tell you I, where to find games on the TV. Like, they don't play them much. I mean, I'd rather watch women's college basketball any day over WNBA. Well, overall, I would rather pick college basketball overall. That's just my preference. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd rather watch the NBA over WNBA just because I at least know some names in the NBA. I know the teams yeah. in the NBA. That's um, another thing. I mean, if you if I told you – Name one WNBA player right now for a million dollars. Could you do it? Uh, Brittany Griner. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. I mean, fair. I, that's because she was Could you a, name another one? Yeah, could you name another one? Uh, I mean, my next-door neighbor could be one for all I know, and I, I would have never known. You know, like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's just, yeah, just, just to prove your point further. There's... This is a whole other conversation that we could dive into. It may be something worth getting into for an episode one day. Um, get like a um, opposing viewpoint on here just to kind of debate. That'd be kind of fun. I know someone who'd have a really good opposing viewpoint, but he probably wouldn't get on here. <laughs> we'll talk about it afterward. But um, do you have anything else to say about basketball? Who's your your early your top two favorite picks for SEC basketball for next year? Uh, top two favorite picks. I'm very comfortable in Tennessee. And 
this is going to taste very bitter coming out of my mouth, but I'm going to say Bama. Um, ah, I don't, I don't know. know. Bama, Bama or Arkansas? I'm a, I'd rather – I'm more. i more confident in Arkansas than Bama. Yeah. Bama, I mean, Brandon Miller's leaving. I think they have a couple other guys leaving. Arkansas has proven they can continually do it. Bama hasn't proved it yet. No, they have not. You're you're very correct. Arkansas can continuously recruit. Uh, Musselman's a great coach. A lot of people hate him, but he's a good coach. He is a very good coach. Um, he's kind of like uh, their Tony Vitello without he, the um, the aggression. I was about to say the same thing. He, yeah, I was quite literally about to say the same thing. Um, yeah. Except he, yeah, I mean, Vitello, I mean, he's a little more childish and, for you sure. Know let me take a back, let me take away the word aggression. I'm going to say they, they each have a lot of passion, but they, they just direct them in different ways, but they also have a lot of similarities. No, you're, you're exactly correct. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I know one of our old buddies really loves Musselman. Who, Jordan? No, Hanley. Oh. <laughs> Don't say old buddies. We're still buddies. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or one of our old <laughs> podcast pals. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's let's give a quick update on baseball real quick. So in the East, um, Vandy's ranked first. South Carolina and Kentucky are tied for second. Florida's fourth. Tennessee's fifth. Missouri's sixth. Georgia's seventh. In the West, LSU's first, Arkansas is first as well. Bama and Auburn and AM are tied for third, and Ole Miss and Mississippi State are tied for sixth. So I want you to I know you don't follow baseball as much as I do, and I really don't follow it that closely. But Tennessee is fifth in the East, Jackson. It's bad. We are ninth we are eleventh in the country. The SEC is amazingly deep in baseball. No, it's very deep. It's just when you sound when it sound, when you say fifth in the East, it sounds terrible. It does. It does. But when you're fifth in the East, not even talking about the overall SEC and just the East, but you're eleventh in the nation. Yeah, we're just, pretty yeah, dang yeah. good at baseball. I'm a little bit irritated with the game we had, the games we had this past weekend with LSU. Oh my goodness, we lost the series, but that last game we blew them out of the water completely. Well. Did you watch the first game? Uh, turn it off, dude. We literally it was two to two, and we were we had LSU at two outs, nobody on, and we hit a ball, a a uh, bouncer. I don't know the correct baseball terms, but the ball bounced to first, kind of in between the gap, and Blake Burke, our first baseman, picked it up. And our pitcher ran over to first to cover it, and he tossed it to him, and it just fell out of his glove. And before you know it, the bases were loaded, and LSU hit a double and cleared the bases, and it's 5-2. to two. That's around the time I turned it off. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And immediately, my dad and I, my dad and I said we lost, just because the game was so close the whole game. We had only had two runs. Our bats were not getting hot. And, you know, we just lose in that fashion. It's almost like Vitello didn't prepare them for high-stress situations. 
Well, it's that was really the first – the announcers made a good point. That was really the first game that a lot of our guys have been in a high-pressure situation. Because remember, all of our starters from last year outside of pitching are gone. Like those, the guys on this roster were transfers um, from smaller schools, even though they're big schools, smaller schools, Kansas, Cincinnati, um, or guys who were on the roster who didn't play last year. So, I mean, this is really the first big series. But, like you said, we have potential. I mean, we blew them out of the water in the last game. So, I'm not surprised that we only won one of those games. But I would have liked – I definitely think we had some missed opportunities in there to win the series. Well, I mean, well, one thing I'm not sure of, and I hope it goes in our favor, but, like, did we make a quick recovery – or did LSU let loose a little bit? That's what I'm wondering. Um, only time can tell. We've got to see a few more games to really figure that out. But with LSU being as high-ranked as they are, I can't help but think we had a decently quick recovery. Like, there was obviously some fixes made in the locker room by Vitello. I'd like yeah. to think that, but we're just not sure yet. I also think that our pitching staff is deeper than theirs. So they're they're gonna struggle, struggle. They're gonna struggle. <laughs> they're gonna struggle on Sunday games, LSU. That is just because their their pitching staff isn't as deep, and they had to go pretty deep into their pitching staff on Friday and Saturday just to win. So um, I definitely think that's what's gonna help us tremendously in the long run is our pitching staff. Like I said, our bats are starting to get hot, but you're hot. Okay. <laughs> Listen, the next four – so we played LSU this past weekend. They're ranked first. Next weekend, or this coming weekend, we play Florida. They're third. Then we play Arkansas and Vandy the following two weekends, and they're fourth and fifth in the nation. So in four weekends, we play the first, third, fourth, and fifth ranked team. Well, I mean, of course we do because SEC's dominating that baseball. I it's mean, just crazy. I mean, it's ridiculous. I will say I, I'm not exactly focused on national rankings per se because – Not either. I mean, let's just look at it in SEC standards because that's all you can really do with how things are ranked right now. I mean, we're going to be playing high-ranked teams nine times out of ten this year. Yeah. And as long as we make the tournament, I mean, it just goes back to Ole Miss last year. You know, they were struggling throughout the season, but really it can just point back to they played in the SEC. You know, I mean, you play tough competition every single weekend. Did Mississippi State – Mississippi State won the year before, correct? Correct. And they're both last in the SEC, which is kind of funny. That's right. That I forget. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, they're both 1-8 and eight in conference play. I mean, we're 4-5 and five in conference play, but we got swept by Missouri which super cold environment. And then the very next midweek game, you know, we benched all of our starters. I don't know if you knew about that. And then they just woke up and came to play versus Texas A&M. And now I think, I think we could win two out of the three games against Florida this weekend. I really do. Better. I hope so. I do not like Florida. You know, Landon's going to become a Tennessee fan. 
Yeah, I'm I'm proud of that. Lund is my boss, by the way. For y'all who don't know, he was a Florida fan, and I think we are converting him to the better side, getting him out of the swamp. That's right. That is right. All right. So, do you have anything else to say about baseball before we get into some other stuff? Um, I wish I did, but no. Okay. So, Jackson and I thought that it would be fun to kind of do a little NFL draft preview, which is scheduled for Thursday, April 28th, I believe. No, 27th. Thursday, April 27th will be the first round. So, Jackson, who are your who – who do you think are, like, the big top names who we can expect to see leave in round one, possibly? Uh, Hendon. No. Hendon, I think, is projected to be a fifth fifth pick. Fifth pick in the first round. I've seen a lot of different mock drafts, but I saw one today from Todd McShay that has Hendon in the first round. I mean, I can see it. I can see Hendon going to the Vikings. Yep, that's, that's where he predicted him to. Might have to be getting a Vikings jersey. Oh, I definitely would. I definitely would, especially because he would take over for Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is horrible. Oh, he's nothing. All right. So, what about Will Anderson Jr.? Do you see him going top five? You think? I mean, I think I think he'll go top five. I'm not happy about it, but probably. They've been saying it since last season. So. Let's just go through the top prospects for everybody to hear. So, top SEC guys. This is going off of CBS Sports. Wait, what about oh, – never mind. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Who are you going to ask about? Levis. Yeah. They have him – so, CBS Sports, this is their big board. They have Will Levis, the quarterback at Kentucky, as I'm sure most of you know, as the fifth overall prospect which still makes absolutely no sense to me. You might as well put Jackson and I at six and seven. I mean, it just – I just don't get it. He is a project, that's for sure. I mean, he was horrible last year, absolutely horrible. I understand he's got – he's athletic and he's got a cannon and he's strong. You know, there's a lot of guys who are athletic and have a cannon who are strong. But you still have to be able to play quarterback. It's not even the fact that, yeah, he didn't exactly have a team, an offensive, a good offensive team built around him. But even then, I've seen people do better in those sort of situations, you know? No, see, this is the test for me, Jackson. You know how Tennessee's secondary was absolutely horrible last year? Yeah. Will Levis threw three interceptions. And 98 yards against us. To put that in perspective, Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson both threw for over 400 yards. Our secondary was bad. And he couldn't even throw for 100 yards. And he threw three picks. I mean, that's... That's that's all I need to know as a scout, to be honest. This is going to sound terrible, but just so I can say I told you so, I don't want to see Levis do well. 
in the NFL. I don't either. And I know I, I hate saying that either because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's trying to make a name for himself. But it's like I just hate when guys get over overranked. It makes no sense to me. Well, he's going to be someone's someone else's problem, bad investment. Won't be our problem. Yeah, he definitely will not go to the Cowboys. That's for sure. And if he did, he would definitely have a bad career. So, I mean, you know, it's probably a – I don't know. Yeah, right. He might end up with the Birmingham Stallions. Mm, that'd be fun. I'd, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, I can't feel sorry for him either because even if he has a bad career, he's going to make millions and millions of dollars. So, who cares? Yeah, he's going to make – You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he could get drafted top ten – and have a horrible career and be out of the NFL in five years. And I'm not going to feel bad for him because he made $20, 30000000 million. Yeah. I mean, like, it's ridiculous. I know something he should buy with that money. What? Uh, don't, what are you going to say? Think before you say something. <laughs> well, I don't think Penray would like it if I said it. So. Oh, yeah, don't say that. Don't say that. But, yes, that would be a great investment. Um. Okay. Overfunded. <laughs> All right. So here's the top prospects in the <laughs> SEC. We'll get we'll get back to this. So Will Anderson Jr. and this is CBS's board again. Will Anderson Jr. the edge from Alabama's one. Bryce Young quarterback from Bama's two. Jalen Carter defensive lineman from Georgia's three. Will Levis quarterback from Kentucky's five. Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida, is nine. Um, Brian Branch, the safety from Bama, is 16. That makes no sense at all. Um, Nolan Smith, the edge from Georgia, is 18. Cam Smith, corner from, Georgia, corner from South Carolina, is 19. Broderick Jones and Darnell Wright. So, Broderick Jones is offensive tackle from Georgia at 21. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee at 22. Jameer Gibbs, running back from Bama at 24. Osiris Torrance, interior offensive lineman from Florida at 27. Keely Ringo, corner from Georgia at 30. Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia at 34. B.J. Ojolari, edge from LSU at 35. I'm only going to 50, by the way. Drew Sanders, linebacker from Arkansas at 40. And that's it. But then right at 51 is Eli Ricks, corner from Bama. Where am I in this? Where are you? You're right at 52. So you just missed it. That's dang. I hate to see it. You know, this this, honestly, this big board is pretty horrible if you ask me. I've never understood. Big, watch it, I like dude. mock drafts. I like mock drafts more than big boards, because big boards are all about just best player, whereas the mock drafts are like best player fit for each team. Because I think we definitely should be a top draft fifty. Committee. Hendon's definitely a top fifty player. So is Hyatt. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I agree. I mean, if I'm if I'm a GM, I'm still taking Hendon first round. Like I don't. I don't care. I mean, he's supposed to be ready for the NFL regular season. And even if he has to miss the first couple games, 
I mean, you still want you don't want to take that chance. I mean, if Hendon, I guarantee you, Hendon would be at least the third quarterback taken if he never got hurt behind Stroud and Bryce Young. I mean, he he would have won the Heisman if he never got hurt. You know, that's a whole other story. We talked about that a bunch, but yeah. Anyways, I'm excited for the draft. I think they're this is going to be a really good draft for Tennessee. I mean, we could have five guys taken in the first two rounds. And Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Darnell Wright, and Byron Young. I mean, that that's never happened. I mean, I can't tell you the last time we had two guys drafted in the first round. I mean, we had Derek Barnett a couple years ago and then Cordero Patterson before that. But when it comes to two guys in the first round, I don't know the last time that's happened for Tennessee. So this is going to be huge in um, recruiting for us, I believe. I concur. Do you have anything else before we get out of here? I mean, that's that's all I have. Well, I don't have any stories that I'm aware of. Um, that you're aware of. That I'm aware of. Um, I reckon that's it for me. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us for episode one on season two. And we look forward to bringing you guys back another episode next week. And I hope you guys have a wonderful and happy Easter. And remember the reason behind it. All right, guys. Bye.